Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Money and More with me, Leslie Thomas. It's just me today, and I want to talk about something that you might not think about much, but you certainly will have a number of established ones, some that are helpful and some that are not. Habits. The philosopher Aristotle said a really, really long time ago, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit. Most people would agree that habits are an important part of our lives. We develop routines and patterns of behavior that help us through the day. But what about our businesses, and in particular, our relationship with money? How can we create good habits in order to grow and improve our businesses? There are many different habits you can develop in your business. Here are a few of the most important ones, I believe. Number one, daily planning. Every morning, take some time out to plan out your day or extend this further as I start my planning on a Sunday for the rest of the, of the week. Write down what you need to do and when you need to do it. This will help keep you organized and on track. You should have set yourself financial targets, which hopefully you will have broken down into smaller bite-sized chunks and therefore know what you need to achieve on a monthly, weekly, and possibly even daily basis also. Number two, follow-up. If you promise someone you will follow up with them, make sure you do it. Following up is a really important habit for building relationships with customers and clients. This will include following up on payments you are expecting and payments you are due to make also. Number three, delegate. Don't try to do everything yourself. I learned this the hard way. Delegate tasks to your team members and let them help out. This will free you up to focus on other things. Going back to the last point of following up with invoices, for example, this may be something you decide to delegate to a team member if this is appropriate. Number four, learn something new every day. Make it a habit to learn something new every day whether it's about your industry or just general knowledge. This will keep you sharp and help you to continue growing as a business owner. I find scheduling my learning whilst doing something else, such as my regular run, allows me to really make the most of my time. 
This doesn't work for everyone, so think about it. When would work best for you to schedule in some daily learning? And that is each and every day. Number five, one I talk about a lot and will continue to talk about a lot. Check your bank account daily. This is such an important financial habit to get into because doing so allows you to start to see the patterns that are developing and have developed in your bank account because patterns will be there. It will also get you into the habit of checking to see if there are payments you don't need to continue making. For example, subscriptions you no longer use or if payments you were expecting have not already come in, giving you the opportunity to chase them up sooner rather than later. Habits are routines that we follow without thinking about them. While we may not always be aware of our habits, they do play an important role in our daily lives. Habits can help us save time and energy and can even make us happier. But we can also have developed habits that are simply not serving us. Getting into the habit of talking negatively to ourselves, adopting routines that are just not helpful, such as snoozing your alarm in the morning, dismissing revenue generating ideas simply because they make us feel uncomfortable or take us out of our comfort zone, offering friends and family a discount, mates rates, because you've always done this. There are so many habits that we develop as a result of our relationship with money, as a result of our money mindset, that is vital we take the time to understand what these habits are for us and deciding the time has come to change them. Whilst it's not always easy to break bad habits and start good ones, it's definitely, definitely worth the effort. So here are a few tips for creating good habits. Start small. When you're trying to create a new habit, it's important to start small. If you try to do too much too soon, you're likely to stop. Start with one or two small changes and build from there. If, for example, checking your bank account daily feels too uncomfortable to begin with, then why not commit to doing it two or three times a week to begin with? Number two, make a plan. If you want to create a new habit, it's helpful to have a plan. Decide what habit you want to create and how you're going to do it. Write down your plan and refer to it regularly. Turning around negative self-talk around your relationship with money Start with the awareness of how often you speak negatively to yourself in the first place. A really good way to do this is my 24-hour journal exercise. If you have a notebook or a journal with you for 24 hours, and every time you talk to yourself negatively, get your notebook and write it down. But don't write down the negative thought that came into your head write it down in the positive instead. This creates the awareness of how often you are talking to yourself negatively, but also affirms and reinforces that positive conversation 
you want to be having instead. Number three, be consistent. To create a new habit, you need to be consistent. Make sure you set time aside each day to work on your habit and stick to it no matter what. That's the bit I often find hard. But connecting with your future self daily, for example, is a great habit to start. There are so many ways to do this. Write a letter to your future self. Send a postcard from your future self to you. So many ways that you can establish a connection. And by connecting with your future self, you are helping to create those habits that are going to lead to you living the life in the future that you want to be leading. Number four, reward yourself. When you successfully complete a task or achieve a goal, reward yourself with something positive, like dinner at your favorite restaurant, a new book or lipstick. This will help motivate you to keep you working on that habit. Celebrating success and rewarding yourself for it is such a key motivator to creating a helpful habit and keeping it. I believe so much in the power of celebrating. It's that that very often leads to us being able to continue with something when we're finding it hard. The thought of being able to celebrate successfully seeing it through. I thought for this episode, I would also share with you something that I came across recently, which I have certainly found helpful for me. It's 17 Habits of Extraordinary People. I don't believe many ordinary people are born, but some ordinary people take extraordinary action. The list is subjective, and I am sure there are other habits that could be added, but I know this list has certainly had me reflecting and adding to my ever-growing list of good habits, which will hopefully further reduce my bad ones. Number one, examine long-term goals. This goes back to what I said at the start of the episode as well. If you don't know where you want to go, you'll probably never arrive. So it's crucial to spend a few minutes each day thinking about where you'd like to be in one, five or 20 years from now. Your goals will change and that's a good thing. But it's easier to act strategically when you've thought about where you want to go. And as I often say, what is your art of the possible? Number two, examine plans daily. Whether you've written it down or not, you have to have a to-do list. Do the tasks you're accomplishing truly contribute to your long-term goals? Nobody is 100% productive, and of course, that's absolutely okay. But if you're working your bottom off each day to become better at something you don't even want to be doing, then it's a sign it's time to change. I've spoken about moving away from my family business because I was simply not enjoying it. And now, because I've done that, I'm doing something that I truly love. Number three, ask for help. Nobody does anything worthwhile alone. And asking for help when done correctly isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of respect. Respect for yourself and the person whose help you are asking for. People actually enjoy being reminded that their knowledge and skills 
have value to others. Just ask politely, respectfully, and on the other person's schedule. If the help leads to a positive outcome for you, make sure you express your gratitude. Number four, engage in mentorship. Mentorship has two sides. So on any given day, do two things. Engage with a mentor and also offer mentorship to someone else. Not every interaction has to be profound. That would be exhausting. However, if you take a few minutes, for example, to reply to someone seeking to enter your field of expertise and later ask a more expert friend to help you refine your daily workout, you can check this step off your daily list. I know mentorship has been a game changer for me, but it took me a while to really understand the benefits of it. I'm hoping because this is on the list of those people who are extraordinary, that mentioning it now may lead you to think about doing it sooner if you're not already engaging in it. Number five, a really important one. Give yourself a break, or as I refer to it, give yourself the grace of space. Extraordinary people recognise they are just that, people. We're all only human. Success, however it's defined, and it means different things to different people, is never an overnight thing. Should you hold yourself to high standards? Absolutely, you should. But every day, give yourself a pass on a few things you did wrong and missing a few items on the list you put together. You're looking for a general rising slope in all things in life, not an uninterrupted and unrealistic sprint to the top. Number six, write down what happened. Life is a journey, so keep a journal. You don't need to be a polished writer or even devote a lot of time to this. Even a small effort can pay huge dividends. A top military leader who was working 16 hours a day in a time of crisis wanted to keep a journal. His solution? Every day he wrote a single haiku poem describing what happened that day and how he felt. Haiku poems are very short and here's a couple of examples. An old silent pond, a frog jumps into the pond, splash, silence again. That's the first example. The second example, autumn moonlight, a worm digs silently into the chestnut. As you can see, these are really, really short and everybody should have the time to be able to capture something as simple as this. I'm starting this next week because I think it's a really, really lovely way to capture what is going on in my day, but in a really short, effective way. Number seven, build your confidence. This is a theme, of course, that I return to regularly. Having a confident relationship with money absolutely starts with having a confident relationship with yourself. Everybody has crises of confidence. Everyone has to learn to overcome fear of failure. The best ways to win are twofold. As mentioned earlier, first engage with a mentor. People who have been through similar challenges and inspire you and show you the way. The second, remember the challenges 
you've overcome in the past. Say perhaps the things you wrote about in your journal, as I mentioned above. You did it then, you can do it now. Examine the evidence, see how far you've come. Look at the value you have created. Another exercise I recommend on this is to set an eight-minute timer and write down all the things that you have achieved in your life that's got you this far. All your qualifications, the things you have written, the things you have achieved, the results you have brought for your clients, the social proof that you have, the testimonials, the awards, etc., etc. Eight minutes isn't long, but it'll allow you to reflect and remember what has gotten you here so far, and to value it. Number eight, give thanks and compliments. Just as you have had crises of confidence, so does everyone else around you. So make it a point to compliment others and to express your appreciation for what they have done. If you end the day having sincerely said thank you to a colleague, friend, family member, and even people you only interact with in passing, you'll find the habit pays you back tenfold. Dr. Joe Dispenza says his one biggest habit of success is gratitude and showing appreciation to others daily. It's good enough for him and works for him. It's definitely going to be something that I ensure I take up as an additional daily practice in my life. Number nine, focus on others. No matter what you do, you will leave a legacy. The question is whether you will be remembered for something positive or something negative. So keep in mind during all interactions that this might be someone's lasting impression of you. Number 10, get some physical exercise daily. This has been a real game changer for me. I recognize if I don't exercise regularly, I get a low level depression. I'm also not at my most creative either. It doesn't have to be long. It can be as simple as 20 or 30 minutes a day. I go for a run, which very often is a run walk, but it really does help me to improve my mindset, improve my creativity, and generally my well-being, full stop. The next thing in this article is number 11, which is to quit something. Coming up with a great idea isn't the hard part in life. Instead, it's actually being able to work out 99 out of the 100 great ideas so you can focus on the few that really, really work. The only way to do that is to focus and to be willing to give up on things you've tried but aren't paying off. Number 12, check small things. Extraordinary people learn to delegate effectively. And that can, of course, be scary because it requires trust. You can't possibly check everything you've delegated, but you can check some small things, which in turn creates a possibility that you will check everything. Number 13, and this is important and something I know, again, has benefited me. Comedy is the flip side of tragedy. For all the passion in which they pursue their goals, truly extraordinary people keep perspective by recognising that a well-led life is full of humour. Thus, the most important jokes you ever tell 
are the ones you tell about yourself, even your failures. As H.G. Wells, the author of War of the World, said, the crisis of today is the joke of tomorrow. And it took me a while to be able to really lean in to the humorous side of my personality on things like social media, etc. But actually, comedy can really help you to connect with your audience, can really allow people to see your personality and for you to shine a real light of authenticity on your personality. Habit number 14, sleep. The recommendation is seven to eight hours a night at least. You need that to be at your most productive and to apparently stop killing your brain cells. Sleep has not been something that has come naturally to me for a number of years, but I know my productivity definitely took a nosedive when I wasn't working on it. Now I have much better sleep for having developed healthier habits, and that definitely is bearing fruit for me in terms of my creativity and my productivity. Number 15, continue your education. Lifelong learning is one of the keys to success. As Jeffrey James wrote, lifelong learning with a sense of fun that adds pleasure and energy to the tasks at hand. It means expanding your principles and practice so they serve a greater purpose. And I mentioned this earlier in the episode, how it is important to ensure you're learning something new on a daily basis. And as I mentioned, I actually tie that in with my daily exercise as well. So I'm essentially killing two birds with the one stone. I am getting in my exercise and I'm learning at the same time. And number 16, cultivate outside interests. We all know all work and no play makes Jack or Jill a dull person. It's really, really important not to allow work to be the focus of everything that you do and to cultivate outside interests that bring you joy. When you are able to do that, again, this is when you give your subconscious a permission to be working on things whilst you're doing something else, that two for one, essentially. And finally, point number 17, share something great. And I love this. Extraordinary people always have something to share and something truly interesting to talk about, a joke, a story, a bit of good news. And the suggestion in the article is we follow their lead and think about what we can share as well. So that's it for today. I hope you found it useful. Is there a habit that you use that has helped you? Please do reach out to me and let me know. We're building a really lovely community here amongst the audience for the podcast. And I absolutely love it when you message me with your thoughts. Also to let you know, I'll be running a three-day Money Habits Bootcamp later in September. I will share more details on the podcast next week. Until then, have a great week. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.